Hey there, it's, I, I, I'm at a loss of words because I'm so excited to speak today with president of Athena International, Andrea Connor. You have a world of experience, uh, the heart of a lion, and um, so much wisdom to share. I'm really excited to have you, so thank you for being here. Thanks, Cheryl. I'm thrilled to be on with you. We're we've, we're we're sandwiching the the country. You're on the west coast, and I'm on the east coast. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we can get everyone on each coast and everyone in between. And it was an honor to be on your podcast, Women Really Mean Business. Um, last year, we're going to be talking about that and how impactful it is, and how people can get involved. And just if you're wondering that um, the link to where you can see that is scrolling down below, but we'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, so we're going to have a real honest conversation today about um, maybe where you got started and also some of the things that you've lived through and then we'll take us all the way up to current day and maybe some, some input and some comments and some advice you can have as we women can learn how to support each other, you know, in this current environment and actually moving on past it. Sounds great. I'm okay. ready. Awesome. Well, now we're going to take a little bit of a step back in history, if you don't mind. Can you share a little bit about, think back to maybe when you were ages uh, 6 to 12. You know, were you involved in any experience that either supported you in your big dreams or maybe that you feel made something really challenging? And let me just give a little context. You know, as you all know, my story, when I was nine, I was told by the principal of a small private school that I was at that I wasn't a good enough student to be at that school. So I don't know if you've ever felt or anyone out there has ever felt like uh, maybe you're not good enough, but that really stuck with me for a really, really long time. And so I want to know, um, and it eventually ended up propelling me to do something even bigger. But can you share something that was formidable, either good, in other words, something that really... Um, maybe that your parents or someone influential really ingrained in you or something that you had to overcome? So g going way, way back, I don't want to <laughs> tell you how far back that was. Um, you know, for me, um, I, was an only, I was an only child. Um, so I think part of that um, was my journey that has inspired me to work and, and support others. But I was also bullied. Um, as a kid, particularly at that point in time, I was pretty tall and lanky and had these huge feet. I remember my mother and I trying to find shoes um, for a dance and um, going around. And at that time they were, you know, I had size nine and a half feet and we're going from store to store and they couldn't find any shoes to fit me. And um, she called them, said my daughter needs some silver canoes. Well, that just like, you know, that was, that crushed me. You know? <laughs> she was doing it jokingly, but that kind of in the part of um, being bullied. And um, I think that made me want to be so much more of an advocate for others. Um, I've had people tell me how when I'm, I'm the one in the room that seeks out the person that's a, the shrinking violet that's in the corner and tends to bring them out in the room. And I think that goes back to my experience being, being bullied and kind of feeling like I was that person in the corner wanting to be in the center of everything. And, and so that's really been something that has inspired me to help women in particular find their voice. 
no matter where they are. And we know we're all different. Some people are extroverts, some people are introverts, but if you can find a way to bring them out, you're getting so, so many diverse wisdom nuggets that make things so much better. So I think that probably the fact that I was being bullied and, and I had huge feet <laughs> that was the inspiration that kind of wanted me to be, that inspired me to advocate for, for others, particularly the quiet people in the room that you really want to hear their voice. Yeah. And I just want to really, uh, you know, piggyback on that thought a little bit, because we were having a conversation earlier about, you know, the possibility of the shrinking violet being the person who is really going to have a big part in helping to repair the world and especially now and also the importance of that the importance of other people doing the same thing and asking people what are you thinking about what are your concerns what are your ideas you know even if it's something as small as you know in the house i notice that our recycling thing fills up all the time and just asking people to speak up about how do you think not just recycling, but how can we reduce our consumption? And also when it comes into like our home, like asking and really being a lot more, uh, not just willing to hear from the folks that are maybe considered shrinking violets or that aren't speaking up, but actually being proactive and, and asking. Yeah. And so pulling them out to let them um, express themselves in, in a way that, I find as always so valuable that because they're so usually if somebody is they're they're thoughtful they're very they're thinking and they're processing what's going around so the the nuggets of wisdom that they bring to a situation I think I, I find nine out of ten times is so so valuable. Yeah, because what you yeah for sure because a lot of times those people they're taking a lot of things in they're very. Um, intuitive, they absorb their observers, and they have a lot of value to offer. So thank you totally for mentioning agree. that. And I think sure. that we all have a next level of doing that even uh, some of us who feel like we are good listeners, but maybe we're not as active in pursuing our family and our colleagues and as well as um, maybe subordinates, but also asking. So I think we can all do a little more. So thanks for bringing that up. Sure. And then in your career, I mean, you've, I think most people are probably familiar, at least familiar with your LinkedIn profile. You've done amazing things and based on, you know, all that I know and all that you have contributed. Um, but did you ever have any setbacks along the way? So in other words, something that really knocked you on your... Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, lots. Um, <laughs> I want to, you know, one particular setback and where I really found out a lot about myself was during the 2001 to 2002, my family was living in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. That was my first time outside the United States. So I was a, a I was a new expat um, with my brand new passport. And so I really was outside my comfort zone. We experienced the SARS epidemic while we were, were there, we experienced September 11th while we were there. And we also, my oldest son at the time was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And I really had to figure out how to navigate that situation for not only myself, cause I was scared. 
I was, there was so much going on. Our family back in the United States, we were in a Muslim country. So our family back in the United States were uncertain um, because of everything that was going on in the US with September 11th. Um, I had to figure out how to find my voice um, in that situation and to advocate for my family. And what I just learned about myself is that I need information. I need to be able to step in um, and take action to just sit there um, and worry was not going to work for me, but to be able to help other people. And so I ended up um, finding resources and being an advocate for not only my family, but also the larger community around us. And that empowered me to be able to step forward and, and lead ourselves, lead our family and that community through that period of time. So definitely, you know, being, being challenged um, way beyond my comfort zone, <laughs> not speaking the language, being in a foreign country, not knowing what was going on. Cause the government um, at the time, the Malaysian government was not being so transparent with how many cases of the virus were, um, in the communities. The one positive I love where we are right now is at least our, all the governments around the world are being transparent with mm -hmm. COVID-19, what the numbers are. But that was a really scary situation to go through. And I found that kind of leaning into my toolkit and continuing to learn and to advocate for what I knew needed to happen to support my son with his diabetes, to get him the support that he needed to give my husband the resources that he needed to be able to communicate with his employer back in the United States who didn't quite understand the situation we were going through and the support that we needed. And then to um, support the other community members around us mm -hmm. in that process. So learning constantly mm -hmm. has always been something that has helped me in a challenging time. Yeah, and that sounds like a really amazing experience that probably you came through on the other side is a lot stronger, even though maybe you felt a little uncertain as it was playing out. Absolutely. Yeah. And is there any time on your you know, quest to help empower women to lean into the best version of themselves? Is there any time where you kind of really had a setback or failure or thought that just maybe this just isn't going to work? or maybe this is too hard or where you've doubted or just had a setback, you know, or someone who has told you, you know, that, you know, this isn't happening or failure or anything like that, any major setbacks and how did you overcome those? Um, so I think a lot of the times for me, I'm my, I'm my worst critic. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think you're the only woman who feels <laughs> I'm sure I'm not, but um, there are times I have had times where I have talked myself out of stepping forward into a leadership position um, because I've doubted myself and I've doubted my capabilities and um, and not gone for an opportunity because of the self-doubt. Not that someone else has told me, no, you can't do it. Um, other than, you know, putting, we moved back from Germany in 2008, crazy time to move back to the United mm -hmm. States and think that I'm going to get a job because mm -hmm. the economy was very much mm -hmm. changing at that point. Um, but I really doubted myself and what I could bring 
to the table at that point in time. And I've learned as I've been um, supporting other emerging leaders, you have to just go for it. It's not for you to decide if you are mm-hmm. the right person for the job or the role. It's up to the person that is hiring. And so if you don't at least put yourself forward, then the answer is always going to be no. Mm-hmm. So I would say that would probably be one of my biggest setbacks just in my own self-doubt and not taking the risk. Okay. And then when it comes to, you know, your mindset, since, you know, we have to have this inevitable conversation uh, because, you know, my mission is really to empower 10,000 women a year to be mentally tough because I really believe in my heart, as we talked about that women and the male allies, it's really going to be a huge, huge, important part of healing the world and also moving forward from here. So is there one um, typical mindset that you that has really served you that you think that's really going to be important for people going forward? I, I strongly believe in, in collaboration and community and having that mindset of the growth mindset, but knowing that I can't do it alone. I think that we go farther and faster if we are working together and bringing a team, I'm very much about team and collaboration. Mm-hmm. I love to work in, in teams with other people mm-hmm. to make exciting things happen. So I think my mindset is definitely a growth mindset, but around knowing that knowing what my strengths are and the gifts that I can bring forward and then being, um, smart enough to say, well, I'm not so good at that. So Cheryl is really awesome at this. So I want Cheryl on my team and building those teams. So I think that the mindset, a growth mindset, but focused on building teams so that you're getting the best people working on a problem or a challenge. Okay. Yeah, I think that's so important because if you think back to the story Uh, Just the one that pops to mind is, you know, Henry Ford, who is actually not a self-professed sharpest tool in the shed. He's like, I'm going to build an eight cylinder engine. And the engineers were like, no, no, not possible. And he's like, I picked you. You guys are the best of the best. Come on, let's do this. And so he just, I think they're really just, I have seen it and heard it over and over. And there's about at least 40 years of human performance research that shows the best of the best surrounds themselves with the best people that are the best at what they're not good at. Yeah, absolutely. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really good at that. I have an awesome team at Athena International. I've surrounded myself with really great and talented people around me. So I'm definitely, I'm like Henry Ford. I'm not the sharpest tool in the drawer, um, but I have my gifts and talents and, and I bring that forth and I just make sure that I have someone next to me that has what I what I don't have that I'm not strong at. Yeah. And I think that's a really, really important message now that people can take uh, to many different levels in their career, or in their life in general, taking a step back and thinking, where do I need help right now? You know, where do I need help in my wellness? Where do I need help with maybe my relationships that are strained, because we're all in a little bit, you know, closer 
headquarters now? And also, where do I need help to in my career? How can we get shored up with others? So thank you for bringing that up. It's really important that we go further and faster together. And I just want to add that for really encourage or invite people to don't hesitate to make big asks because a lot of times people are like, I would love to talk to that person or I would love to get help here, but I don't know if they'll talk to me or I don't know. And I swear nine times out of 10, people especially now are very glad and willing to help. So the message I want to say, don't be shy. I totally agree with you. And that has been the one um, comment that people have said about me is that I'm not afraid to to just ask anybody because I believe we're, we're all human beings and that we'll support each other if you find the right connection point. Yeah, yeah, I'm finding that, I'm finding that over and over, especially as I interview amazing folks such as yourself. Uh, I know, you're I, so lucky, you get to talk to some really awesome people. I know, and some of them I'm like, oh, this is crazy. I don't know if they're gonna, and I just ask, sure. I mean, the, when I, I was at, when I was moderating a panel at Women in Cloud at Microsoft in January, the general counsel to Justin Trudeau was there, Brandon Lee. Yeah. So I'm like, so, I mean, I heard him talk and I'm like, what do you think, what do you say? You just do an interview and talk about what Canada's doing and how, you know, how he's a feminist, how Justin Trudeau is, you know, a self-professed feminist and what we can learn from you. What do you say we have a 20 minute conversation and we ran, he's like, Sure. You know, so I, you know, and I, we all have that little person on our shoulder saying, are you crazy? <laughs> like, don't ask that person, but you know what? They say yes. Yep. So, and that it can really help a lot of people. So I also want to get to, do you have a message, you know, with all of your work? I mean, a lot of people are really familiar with Athena International, but some people might not be. So based on all of the work there that you're committed to, do you have a message and also how can we get involved? So um, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, Athena is focused on creating that balance and leadership worldwide and, and empowering women leaders from the classroom to the boardroom. You know, we love um, lifting up women that are great, exactly like you, Cheryl, you're bringing talented women leaders in and you're, um, putting them at, out here to share their wisdom. And that's a really important, I think, um, for the next generation to lead and thrive, they need to see role models um, so they know what to they what is possible. And so that Athena is absolutely focused on that. One of the things that we do have is a podcast called Women Really Mean Business. And it's giving that voice to women in business as entrepreneurs. Um, we had a young woman that, um, she was 12 and started her own business. Like so really had, young. When you say young really woman, young, yeah, when you was, say young she, woman, I thought you meant like 45. No, yeah. Well, yeah. In my mindset, yes. 45 <laughs> is a young woman. Yes. Yeah. But no, she was 12 and she started her business at 12. So there's so much we can learn from women from every level of the spectrum, wherever they are in the journey. And so keeping that communication open um, if you are interested in learning more about the Athena podcast, women really mean business. Let's take a, take a pause and, um, go to wherever you get your podcast from, um, Apple, Android, Skechers, wherever you can get that and look up 
Women Really Mean Business by Athena International. And we encourage you to listen and download. Even Cheryl was an expert. Mm -hmm. and she shared her journey on our podcast. So uh, we'd love for you to learn more and uh, get engaged. And, so, and so right now, it's so important to be supporting women business owners. So if there is a, a restaurant in your area um, that's doing takeout, you know, please do that. We have... It's us supporting all those businesses that it's going to make a difference to help us get through the current crisis that we're in. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And if you are going to leave everyone with a message, so I, when I say everyone, I mean female leaders, I mean established leaders, because we also had the conversation about there's a next level for all of us, whether yeah. it's in our career or in our homes, um, and also for male allies. You know, what can you leave us with something like one thing that we can kind of wrap our arms around and kind of commit to lean into? So I believe that there is anything there's you can help an emerging leader by the simplest acts. And if you take that ability to lift up one leader, the ripple effect will go far beyond what you ever envisioned possible. I've had that experience myself. It's stuff like having a cup of coffee with an emerging leader, inviting them to do a job shadow, mentoring, sharing an article. If you have, you've had a conversation with somebody with a young emerging leader um, about a topic and you run across a great journal article that will have an impact, share that. Um, mm -hmm. Lifting up that next generation of leaders is going to be what is going to have an impact for the next generation and, you know, and the giving back component. So I believe in a concept called the gender multiplier effect. And one little action can have a ripple far beyond what you ever envisioned possible. And why don't you just take a moment to share your story that kind of drives that point home. So um, we were living in um, China and I had the opportunity to go out to a rural university and support emerging women leaders in that market. Um, it started with one young woman that had never been outside her province uh, like me um, only child, first generation college student. So there was that instant connection and in, in knowing, and I had people that invested in me. Um, and so I was answering her questions. We ended up um, flying her to Shanghai out of rural China so she could see safely in a safe environment um, through a job shadow to see the big, the big city because Shanghai is... Um, like New York City and Las Vegas combined on steroids, <laughs> it's massive. And I can't um, actually imagine that, but that was a good explanation. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's a fascinating place. But she spent a week with us, and she did some job shadow experiences. And um, working with her inspired me. Um, by the time we went through our three years in China, we had hosted over 40 of those emerging women leaders from that rural province to come into Shanghai and to have a similar type of experience. And it's fascinating to see how successful um, all of them are. Um, where we are right now, as we're going through COVID-19, um, my husband and I are receiving boxes of masks and toilet paper 
from our Chinese daughters that we just reached out and helped out of generosity. So, you know, I think where we are as a society, it's humanity of people knowing people and people lifting up other people regardless of ethnicity, race, or the national flag that they live under. We are all human beings and um, willing to help each other out. We all want to be safe and survive through this virus. So, you know, that one helping one young woman and I've now got masks on my showing up on my front porch that I've been sharing with cancer patients and medical facilities and, um, you know, members of my own family that are working in the medical um, community up in New York. So I, I firmly believe in that ripple effect. Yeah. And that's really more, you know, we also talked a little bit about how it's important more now than ever, especially when there's, you know, some, we'll just say, I don't want to get political on this interview, but just, you know, there's some interesting things going on with what the president's doing in the world, the world health organization and his opinions on China. And it's just a reminder that there are people in China. China is not defined by its government or it's, you know, um, what it does as a country. And you're just, you know, posing a really good reminder of, you know, the specific women in China and, and the good that they're doing there and bringing that humanity back into the relations between the people in the United States and the people in China. So, and I had that same type of experience when we were in Malaysia um, in a Muslim country, and I was a person, an American in that country, and how I had to not be identified as the country and what mm -hmm. the geopolitical issue that was going on. So I, I, I think that also helps me relate to how important it is to recognize that we are people, mm -hmm. helping people. Right. Not defined by our country for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank you again. And for Thanks everyone for having me. Yeah, you've been, you're an amazing guest. And honestly, I, you really serve as a great role model for me and so many women really all over the world. So keep up all of the amazing work. If you have not checked out the Athena International podcast, Women Really Mean Business, go ahead and take a second to just do it right now before you get bombarded with a million other things that I know you have going on because this is really something that you can commit to once a week that can you know, change your mindset and change the contribution to that you're making and have an incredible ripple effect. And I think your next episode is dropping on Monday. Is that right? Drops on Monday, yep. Episode number 76. Okay, awesome. And that can be found uh, anywhere that you get your podcasts, or you can check it out on womenreallyneedbusiness.com. Find it there. And can you just give a quick mention of who the guest is? The guest is Allison Gerlach. She's a marketing specialist. And I think these days, a lot of us could use that expertise. And so... Absolutely. Um, so that should be really interesting. I'm myself and looking forward to that episode. Thank you so much for your time and for your leadership. And I look forward to continuing to following you and being involved with Athena International. Thanks again, Andrea. Thanks, Cheryl. Have a wonderful day. Okay. Thanks so much. Stay well.